Welcome to the Plant Witch Podcast, where we enter together into the web of life in all of its many seen and unseen dimensions. I'm Erin Schrader, owner of the Rebel Herbalist, and it is my honor to hold this portal to the other world. Let's enter, shall we? Welcome to episode 12 of the Plant Witch Podcast. We're moving through a series of episodes where we explore the magic and the mystery of the human body's ecosystem and how it's impacted by and also mirrors the ecosystems of the natural world. We've had a look at the heart, the brain and nervous system, and this week we're going to enter the world of the intestines and the mirror world of the soil microbiome. We touched on the soil microbiome last week when we explored the nervous system, and rightly so, because the nervous system is such a huge part of our gut. We have what's called the gut brain, which is the seat of our intuition and our gut knowing. This gut brain is called the enteric nervous system by modern science. So last week we talked about the central nervous system and the peripheral nervous system. And this week we're talking about the enteric nervous system. This gut brain has more than a hundred million nerve cells, which is actually just a fraction of the 100 billion nerve cells in the brain inside our skulls. Although a smaller concentration of nervous tissue, the enteric nervous system still plays a major role in our emotional health and in the clarity of our thinking. New evidence is suggesting that inflammation in our intestines greatly impacts our brain, our thinking, and our mood. People who have irritation, inflammation, constipation, diarrhea, and diagnoses like irritable bowel syndrome, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, what we call SIBO, celiac disease, Crohn's disease, colitis, and others are likely to experience anxiety and depression as part of their bowel disease. They're connected and interrelated. This conversation between the enteric nervous system and the central nervous system, the gut brain and the brain in the skull, is a two-way conversation, both brains sending signals that affect the health of each part of the body. This system of communication between the brains is called the gut-brain axis. Just like the neurons in our brain produce neurotransmitters, the neurons in our gut-brain also produce neurotransmitters. And it's not just the neurons that are producing neurotransmitters. Can you hear the smile on my face? This stuff just blows me away. These neurotransmitters are also produced by gut bacteria. Bacteria that are specially designed to live in the guts of human beings produce neurotransmitters like dopamine, serotonin, and GABA. Some of these bacteria come from families like Bifidobacterium, Lactobacillus, and Proteus. So many of our neurotransmitters are produced by these human gut-loving bacterium that there's actually a field of study in science dedicated to this research called microbial endocrinology. Endocrinology is the study of hormones and glandular tissue in the human body, and the microbes in our body act like a glandular or a secreting tissue in our bodies. 
The health of the microbiome has been found to be correlated with the development of conditions like multiple sclerosis or MS, Parkinson's disease, autism spectrum disorder, depression, anxiety, constipation, visceral pain, which means like pain in the organs, and many other disorders and diseases and diagnoses. Increased concentrations of stress hormones like cortisol and norepinephrine have been shown to increase the reproductive rate and capacity of pathogenic microbes like Klebsiella and Pseudomonas and Enterobacter. These pathogenic microbes cause disease in the human body when their numbers overwhelm the numbers of good bacteria or helpful beneficial bacteria like the bifidobacterium. And so when we're stressed and producing stress hormones, we're actually selecting for pathogenic microbes in our intestines, which is just crazy to me. Clearly the health of the gut impacts the health of our nervous system and vice versa. Just like the garden or the forest, the human is an ecosystem with many interrelated and mutually supportive systems working in tandem to create and support life. In the soil, dead and decaying materials are broken down by bacteria, fungus, and insect larvae to produce micronutrients. These nutrients are made bioavailable, meaning that they can be absorbed by the roots of plants, by a bacteria and fungi also living in the soil. Healthy fungal networks in the soil, which we talked about at length last week, produce an amino acid called ergothionine, which acts like an antioxidant in the human body. It's specifically protective against neurodegenerative diseases like Parkinson's and cardiovascular diseases. This antioxidant is produced by fungus in healthy soil. Our current agricultural practices are destroying soil health, which means that we're not taking in ergothionine in our diets because it isn't being produced by fungus and it isn't being taken up in the roots of plants. So we are not eating large quantities of mushrooms either in our current diets, most people aren't anyway. The practices of tilling the soil and applying fungicides have greatly impacted the activity of beneficial fungus in the soils where our agricultural crops are cultivated. Regenerative farming practices are finding ways to grow food for humans without destroying this essential fungal network that produces essential nutrients like ergothionine and enhances the bioavailability of our other nutrients in our food crops. Here in Pennsylvania, we have both the Rodale Institute and the Horn Farm Center, which are actively doing work to discover and rediscover regenerative farming practices that feed humans and protect our ecology, which in turn protects the human ecosystem, our gut flora. Other minerals like iron and magnesium are dependent on soil health for human absorption. Most of our soil use for agriculture is depleted of these minerals, and so are most human bodies in North America. Insufficient magnesium levels cause things like muscle twitching and spasms, weakness, and mood changes. Of our dietary intake of magnesium, only about 30 to 40% of what we eat is absorbed by our body, 
and that rate is much lower in people who have poor health in their small intestines. The health of the intestines is something I could talk about for hours easily. (laughs) There are so many ways that we impact the health of our intestines through our daily choices and what we're exposed to in our daily environment. Our intestinal tract is a continuous tube that connects the outside world at both ends of our body to the inside world of our human body. It's composed of roughly 30 feet of coiled length, all sort of crammed into our torso. It's broken into parts, the mouth, the esophagus, which is the tube that connects the mouth to the stomach. After the stomach, we have the small intestine, which is the part where most of our minerals and micronutrients are absorbed into the bloodstream. And then the large intestine, which mostly reabsorbs water um, that hasn't been absorbed or um, absorbs water back out of the body into the stool if it's too dry. In addition, the liver and pancreas are considered part of the gastrointestinal system because they secrete enzymes that help break down our foods. And it's so interesting to me because if you study metaphysics, you know that the torus, the shape of the torus, T-O-R-U-S, is sort of the um, energetic fingerprints of all sentient beings and all all parts of the hologram of life uh, in the universe that we have found. There's this central canal that's open and sort of like a puffy donut shape or a puffy bagel shape which is uh, the sacred geometry of the energetic movement of life on this planet. And so the gastrointestinal tract or the enteric tube that goes from our mouth out to our bathroom parts um, is sort of that central canal of the torus and the physical human body, just like the sashumna nadi or the central energy channel down through the spinal cord of the human body is that central canal of energy flow through the energy body. So they're mirrors of each other. One of the main disruptors of the life and health of our gut biome is the overuse of antibiotics. Similarly, one of the main disruptors of soil health and life is also antibiotic, meaning against life. That's what antibiotic means. And in the soil, that's in the form of glyphosate. Globally, we use approximately four and a half billion pounds of glyphosate every year. Glyphosate, or Roundup, was patented as an antibiotic herbicide in 1971. And then it got really popular around 1996 when crops were genetically modified to be able to tolerate being sprayed with Roundup without dying. So whole fields of crops could be sprayed with Roundup to kill unwanted plants without killing these food crops. They were called Roundup-ready crops. The way glyphosate works is it blocks the production of essential amino acids in plants, which leads to their death. This literally prevents bacteria and fungus in the soil from synthesizing the essential amino acids required in the human body. 
99.99% of that 4.5 billion pounds of glyphosate used on the soil every year is washed into the watershed. Our entire hydrological cycle, rainfall, storm runoff, streams to rivers, to bays, to ocean, is full of glyphosate, including pristine underground aquifers. 75% of the rain that falls is contaminated with Roundup. It is in the water we drink, the food we eat, and the air we breathe. It's been found in human breast milk and in the umbilical cord blood of newborns. When the gut microbiome is damaged by glyphosate, and I'm not saying glyphosate is the only thing, this is just one thing that I'm highlighting. I could go on about a dozen different things that damage the gut microbiome. The permeability of the lining of the intestines becomes impaired. We start to have leaks in the gut, in the blood vessels, and in the blood-brain barrier. That is a membrane that separates the blood from the brain. The brain is so delicate and so carefully protected that red blood cells never enter the brain space. They're held in the vasculature outside of the brain. They're, um, the plasma, the nutrients, the sugars, um, actually even sugar doesn't cross the blood-brain barrier very well. Um, they're held outside of the brain to keep it pristine. But when we start to have these breakdowns in the junctions between cells, things that don't belong in these areas end up leaking through. Proteins that should never enter the bloodstream are able to leak across these gaps in what should be tight junctions between the cells. Once in the bloodstream, they attract immune responses and the immune system gets to work. Systemic inflammation begins to impact the tissues of the body. Much of what we call gluten intolerance actually comes from damage to our gut permeability from glyphosate exposure. This is also true of dairy sensitivities, soy sensitivities, and many of our autoimmune diseases. The syndrome of symptoms that's connected to the destruction of these tight junctions in the gut, the vasculature, and the brain is called leaky gut syndrome. There is growing research and more and more treatment options becoming available around leaky gut syndrome and the cascade of other illnesses that grow from this impairment of the gut lining. Currently, naturopaths and functional medicine doctors seem to be at the forefront of this research and treatment. So to zoom out a little bit and look at the gastrointestinal system from an archetypal perspective, which I use astrology generally to do that, in astrology, the stomach is ruled by the sign of cancer, which is the sign of mothering and nourishment and care and assimilation, and it's also watery. The intestines are ruled by Virgo. Virgo is very detail-oriented and careful and organized, just like our small intestines are. Our pancreas is ruled by Libra. The pancreas is all about sweetness and exchange, breaking down while building up. So it makes sense that Libra would rule our pancreas. 
and the colon or the large intestine, which is about elimination and some of the more undesirable materials of the gastrointestinal process is ruled by Scorpio. Knowing how these signs are expressed in your natal houses and what planets are placed in these signs can help you make sense of health challenges that you may experience with these organs and organ systems. I recommend medical astrologer Judith Hill for help and guidance in that area. Besides the obvious link between soil health and the health of our plants, our food, and our own bodies, the plants themselves can help us repair the damage made by glyphosate and the overuse of antibiotics. Plants like calendula and plantain, when taken as teas and infusions, can help the intestinal lining repair itself and become less permeable. Just like they would heal a wound on the skin as a vulnerary, they can heal the wounds of our intestinal tract. Amino acids like glutamine are also really helpful in restoring those tight junctions in the bowel walls and in the small intestine walls. St. John's wort, if you look at the leaves in the sun, they have these little tiny perforations called stoma, which allow the plant to exchange gases and water with the environment. This is a doctrine of signatures, making St. John's wort useful in puncture wounds and also perforations in the gut wall. If St. John's wort herb is not indicated for you because you're taking SSRIs, which is a form of antidepressant or other MAOI inhibitors, you can always work with the energy of this plant homeopathically. Deeply nourishing herbal infusions of plants like oat straw, nettles, linden, and alfalfa can help the body to detoxify, regain energy, and heal damaged tissues. It was so crazy. I was preparing for this talk and my dad sent me a link to a video by Zach Bush. My dad has no idea that I've been spending the week preparing to talk about gut health and the soil. People have been telling me for a long time to check out Zach Bush, and I haven't. <laughs> but today, I finally did. Zach Bush is an endocrinologist turned like soil health, gut microbiome specialist, and like overall health advocate. In this talk, which is linked in the show notes at the bottom of the references section, he talks about the intersection between soil health and the gut biome and the cascading effects on human health. He makes the connection, which I'm always trying to make too, about how the microcosm is affecting the macrocosm and vice versa, as above, so below, as within, so without. He believes that just as our cell junctions have gotten loose and leaky and ineffective, our relationships with other humans and other forms of life have become impaired. Just as our cells have lost the ability to identify friends versus enemies in the form of autoimmune disorders, as a species, we have a hard time establishing healthy boundaries and understanding how to move in complex relationships to people and situations that are threatening to us. The fabric of life is literally torn. In the soil, in the gut, in the brain, in our communities, we are fractured without integrity. And that lack of integrity is causing unnecessary attacks, friendly fire, 
unmitigated destruction and damage. The solution is wholeness. Remembering the unity and celebrating our individuality. Remembering what the true enemies are and how to protect ourselves and our beloveds from actual threats. Healthy soil and clean water and air are the conditions for our return to wholeness. Food grown from regenerative farming practices will fuel bodies that can heal and remember their wholeness. Communities that prioritize collaboration and care for the earth will remember how to truly spot the enemies of life and how to protect the innocent and vulnerable. It is all the same in balance, manifesting in myriad different ways in many different forms. If you're in the position to help, the Horn Farm Center is participating in a big fundraising event called Give Local York, and it's happening tomorrow on May 7th. You can go to their website, hornfarmcenter.org, and find ways to donate. They are working so hard to innovate farming practices that increase the bio-nutrient profile of plants through making healthy soil and vibrant communities. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for joining me for the Plant Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Schrader. I'm an herbalist, a mother, a holistic nurse, and a practitioner of the ancient ways. You can connect with me between episodes at therebelherbalist.com or on Instagram and Facebook at The Rebel Herbalist. Thank you for joining me, and it's time to come back to life.